You're listening to a podcast from the Finnish Football Show. Yes, it's the Finnish Football Show. I'm Mark Wiltshire. Thanks for joining for another episode and joined today by Ali Manson. Hi, Ali. Micah, Mark. How are you doing? Yeah, not bad. We've got another busy show. We were just talking before recording about football doesn't stop and competitive football seems to be more and more of it. So we're back. Um, I think it was only about a week ago that our show came out when I was with Jamie looking at the Sorman Cup final. But today... Loads of things to, to cover. We'll we'll start with a run through the most recent Vekas Liga results from the last weekend and where that leaves the table going into the, the, the final round of the uh, Mesterus Saria and the Hastia Saria. Then we'll move on to the quali- Euro 2024 qualifiers for Finland with uh, an away match at, in Slovenia and a home match against Kazakhstan. And... All things being equal, we will have guests to come on and talk about that. Um, let's see how this goes. Um, nothing ever runs completely smoothly with the Finnish football show, so let's see how we how we get on. But Ali, if you're ready to go, absolutely good. Let's crack on and look at the Mesterosaria results and the last, well, the most recent round of games. Saw FC Inter 1, SJK Sadioki 2, Kup Scorpio 3, FC Honka 1, and VPS Vasa 3, Hoyiko Helsinki 2. Ali, you're a Hoyiko fan, so let's let's have your perspective on that. The the chat in the WhatsApp group was quite excitable. Um, how was that going? I mean, from the neutral point of view, it was a cracker. Um, I mean, VPS going 2-0 up inside 15 minutes. Um, you start to kind of fear the worst with it. Well, any fan kind of starts to fear the worst when you go 2-0 down. Um, but credit to to Hoya Kaur, they brought it back through. I mean, a terrific strike from Bande. I don't know if uh, you yourself, Mark, or, or viewers have seen it, but it's definitely a goal I would recommend uh, looking up. Uh, I mean, from one angle, it looks like a good old-fashioned toe poke, but I reckon, I reckon it was a bit more uh, finessed than that. Mm. Uh, I'm sure he'll say so. <laughs> and then uh, Radulovic got the equaliser on the 78th minute. I mean, that man just cannot stop scoring. Uh, it sort of feels like, yeah, only yesterday when we were talking about Hoyakor needing a striker, but this season he has really, really put that to bed. But he's he's almost been too good, so I'm a little worried that he might get poached uh, from, a, from, a, from a team from a different league, but Hopefully. I might say it's about time. He's been he's been scoring for Hoyiko for two or three seasons now, hasn't he? So he, he has. It, it's just this season everything's come together in both the league and, and in Europe. Um, and then yeah, VPS just got the winner in the ninety fourth minute, but practically the last kick of the game. And do you know what they did that to Saniyoki as well back in back in August? You know, we we pulled ourselves back from two 0 down, and then with a header from a corner right at the end and it just knocked all the all the windows and, and I, I think you know knowing Hoyakon knew at that point that that a, a point would have been enough um to guarantee the the title um and so you, you could really tell that the the players the staff were deflated at the end and, you know, which is t- totally natural um you know you've just lost in the last minute you've lost the title well lost out on the title at least to win it on that day but um yeah watching the interviews afterwards with the players and the fan reactions you know the 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 bubble had been burst a, a little bit that's for sure which again is understandable but i do think looking forward uh if you'd offered them either at the beginning of the season or a few weeks ago uh would you you know go into the last game against coops you know needing a point or even a 2-0 loss will do, I, I, I reckon. I mean, it's dangerous to, to have yeah, that. Yeah, it certainly is. <laughs> to have that in the back of your mind. But, of course, uh, if you'd offer that to them, they, they would have taken it, certainly. Yeah, and also that result sort of screwed things up for Saniyoki as well because we were we had a decent result away at Inter on the back of 
um, you know, some poor results and defeats and draws and hadn't really got going, but but two nil up inside 50 minutes and then you know own goal for the for to, for the consolation and it was looking good if if Asikura had won that game and Vaza didn't win then the final game next week which is Asikura Vaza the winner would come third and you know there's there's bronze medal but it's also makes it a bit easier in this uh euro uh qualifying tournament that comes at the end we'll talk about that in a moment um, so yeah, that kind of, I, I was feeling quite positive. And then my stepson Topias came out of his room and he said, oh, Vaza scored a winner with 10 seconds to go. And I was like, oh, it's like, a, uh, like a, a, a punch in the stomach. So what that, what that does to the table, we've, we've sort of talked around it a little bit. Um, have you got the table in front of you? Uh, I, I do. Yes. Yeah. Do you want to just talk through the, the positions and the, and the, the points at the moment? Yeah, so at the moment you've got Hoyakor top with uh, 53 and a, a far, well, not a far superior goal difference, but a better goal difference uh, to Coops in second, who are on 50. They appear. There's, there's five goals difference between them, basically, isn't there? There is, yeah. Mm. Yeah. Um, yeah, it's a tw- yeah, 20, 25 goal difference for Hoyakor, 20 for, for Coops. Um, VPS on 46. Yeah, as you said, that, that result is really sort of taken away from the. I get well, not not a third place playoff because I think it meant a meant a little bit more than uh, than that. But um, certainly local bragging rights, it meant a bit more. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, with yeah. So then you've got Ashiko down on, on forty two. You know, so I've cemented fourth fourth spot. Um, I don't know how you feel about about that mark. Um, and then Honka on thirty eight, and then Intertoku on on thirty five. Yeah, well, I think the thing about fourth spot is relevant if we talk then about what comes next after mm. these these games because the the only thing that really will change significantly on um after next weekend is who wins <laughs> so if coops win by three goals they go top on goal difference above hoyiko if hoyiko lose by two goals or draw or win then they're then they're champions so you're going to be on the edge of your sofa <laughs> on uh, on sunday mm. um Oh, not Sunday coming, but the one uh, the weekend after, isn't it? Because we've got the international football. Um, the the point about coming fourth means that in that there's this Eurolopputornaus, uh, this kind of qualifying for the the Europa Conference League. So we've been alluding to this through the season, but now it's finally become kind of clear what's going to happen. Um, Asikor will play at home to Oulu, so finishing fourth means that we play the team that finishes seventh in this in this playoff. And then Honka in fifth play Inter in sixth. So in theory, they have a easier game. That said, if Olu are in good form, they could be top of that lower half and, and really pushing. I think they're not in the best of form. So I think it's okay. It's okay. So Asiko, Olu, Honka, Inter, one-off games. The two winners then go into another one-off game and the winner of that plays a final against Verpeas and Verpeas finishing um, third means that they have the second game at home so in theory if Asiko from my perspective can win these two games then they go into a double uh, a two-legged final against uh, Verpeas Vaza so although they get the bronze medal we might still be able to take away that that European place. So there's still it's kept keeps potentially keeps the season going all the way through till the first weekend of November. Fingers I mean, crossed. It would be a it would be a tasty way to end the season if if it is Ashikor VPS for that in in that playoff. Yeah, it certainly would. And also because because it's local, it's easy to get to. Hopefully there'll be big Big crowds traveling to to each game, and uh, that should be fun. It's always fun going to the away ground and and causing a bit of noise. So, uh, but let's not count our chickens. The Olu fans and the Inter and Honka fans will be yelling at the yelling at us to not disregard them. So let's let's just say one step one step at a time. But in the in the blog post that accompanies this, there's a, a really neat graphic that I borrowed from Asiko's uh, Facebook page. So. Thanks, and there's a link there where you can see the original. Okay, in the bottom half of the table, the Harstia 
Sadia. Um, the most recent games were Ilves 3, Olu 2. So Ilves continuing their, their good form and Olu kind of this slightly wobbly end to the season, a bit, bit up and down. Uh, Haka 2, Kotepe 0 and Mariaham 0, Lati 0. Um, so, Ali, as as we said, that leaves Olu in seventh place and into that that Euro um, Lokutornas. Uh, but what about the other the other positions? Yeah, so then you've got Hacker on thirty one points in, in second, uh, closely followed by Ilves who are on thirty, closely followed by by Lati. I mean that that game. I when I saw that it. It was nil nil Lati and Mariham. I thought, oh, that's I, I could have put so much money on it on that game finishing. <laughs> but to be fair to Lati, they, they had 21 shots. So I mean they tried, but maybe that's a, a story of both both of the team season, mm. just not really been able to put the ball in the back of the net when it matters. Um so yeah, Lati there on in, in fourth on 29, Cortepe on uh, 20 points, and then just uh, behind them is Maliham on 19. Yeah, and, and the, the, the way the table is structured is that the, the teams now, it's it's kind of designed to be this way, but of course results during this final uh, round of games can can change things. But but basically the final games will be Olu in first against Hake in second, Ilves in uh, in third against Lati in fourth and Cortepe fifth against Mariham in sixth. So that bottom game matters because the winner, well, if it's a draw, then Cortepe stay in fifth place. Mariham goes straight down and Cortepe have this um, playoff against one of the teams from the Ukkonen. Um and the other, the other three, I suppose, they're all playing just to see who playing for pride to see who can come the highest in the in the table. But the 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 point to to make is that Ilves, through winning the Sorman Cup, also qualified for the um, Europa Conference League. So, yeah, they they'll they'll be there next year. So, we I think we've done enough congratulating of Jamie and his Ilves team. So, uh, no more of that. Um, Maybe in the next episode or or after the the international break, we should have a look at the uh we should talk about the Ukkonen splitting, how the playoffs are working there, how the um how the restructuring of the league will take place. That will give us something to get our teeth into and try and understand once we know what teams are going are going where. But the interesting thing that's that's had the the internet ablaze in the last day or two is the fact that Ashi Korsenioki's academy have qualified for the promotion playoffs from Ukkonen potentially to come up into the Vekas Liga. And everyone's been asking, how can this happen? And this can't possibly be right. Um, so Ashi Academy are fourth. They have a playoff against Mikkeli, one-off game against Mikkeli on Saturday, who are in third. The winner of that then plays Gnistan, who are in second. And then the winner of that game plays against either Kortepe or Mariaham, whoever finishes second bottom in the Vakehouse League. So I think we're getting a little bit excited to think that Ashley Core Academy are definitely going to get promoted. They've got three games ahead of them at the moment. And there was some story online today about how technically the Academy is affiliated to Ashley Core Juniorit, which is a separate organisation to Ashley Core um, so they could go up. I mean, I, I think that Raimo Sariyadi was being was being very uh, mischievous in his comments because the club wants to have teams in different levels to provide a pathway and steps up and down. Um, but of course, it would be quite a you know a bit of bragging rights to say, hey, we could have two teams. Hey, some of you guys haven't even got one team in Ukkunen, and we've got we could have two. Anyway, I'm just that's just me. I, after the season we've had, I'm just clutching at straws. So let's leave it. Let's leave it there. Um, do you have the top scorers in front of you? Do you to go through, uh, or I can I could do it. Uh, I haven't got it in front okay. of me. 
Uh, no, that's all, that's all right. I'll, I'll just run through some of the. I know who it. I know who is top. I can give well, you that. Okay, go on. Give us that one then. Um, is it Bojan Radulovic? <laughs> yeah, it slightly is. Yeah, <laughs> 18, 18 goals in twenty three games, and then it's uh, Peter Peter Michael from Verpias with uh, fifteen goals in twenty five games, and I think. Has he got scored t- ten in his last ten games or something like that? He's Some, something ridiculous. Yeah. I mean, he has really pushed Vapi. I mean, I, I think VPS do deserve a, a a small round of applause from everyone. Maybe not from you, Mark. No, uh, but... no, I, I've 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 been quite happy to say they've had a, a an incredible incredible season. Um, but yeah, he has definitely played a, a massive part in their winning run that seems to be the longest in Europe or something crazy like that. Um, yeah, it's, it's it's quite well. They did they did uh did they lose or draw one after after Jamie and I recorded that podcast saying how good they'd been. Stuff, um, yeah. They drew one one with Inter, so that that I'm sure that doesn't hurt them too much. But you know, it took a bit of a shine off. <laughs> oh, excuse me. And third in that scoring tables is Ashley Coffey from Ola with twelve, and then fourth is uh, Jaime Moreno from Asico with eleven, and then there's. A few others below with nine, eight, and seven, seven goals. But yeah, all of these, all of this information is in the um, in the blog post. So wherever you're watching and listening, just have a look at the link down below, and uh, you'll be able to see all of these. Um, but I think Ali, unless you've got anything else to say about the Veikkaus Liga, we could move on to Finland's Euro 2024 qualifying campaign that continues next weekend. The the only thing I would add is I I think you know everyone that watches Veikkaus Liga, whether you know, everyone that's affiliated with it, are, are probably quite glad that you know that going into the final day there's stuff riding on several matches. And mm. I, I think that's well at the beginning of the season you don't want it to be a foregone conclusion, you know, particularly at the top. So um, I think at least from the neutral's point of view, um, yeah, in in two weeks' time it, it's going to be a, a a fun weekend uh, at the very least. Yeah, I think it. I think it will, and that's that's right. Uh, keeping it going right the way to the end of the season is the point of this split in the table and the point of the playoffs, and it really seems to be working this year. Okay, Hulkiat fixtures in October. There's two two games coming up. Firstly, on Saturday, fourteenth of October, Slovenia versus Finland in Ljubljana. Kickoff at seven pm finish time. And then that's followed by, uh, on the 17th, Tuesday 17th, Finland versus Kazakhstan at the Olympia Stadion in Helsinki. And that's also 7pm kickoff, which is always nice for those of us that live in Finland and don't really enjoy 9.45 kickoffs in the evening. There's enough football at that time. So it's good that our home games are there. And both both these games can be watched on Ule Kaksi or Ule Arena online. Um, so if you're not in Finland, get your VPNs out and uh, you'll find it there on on Ule. Um, did, shall we firstly, I think, talk through the the Finland squad, Ali? Um, I, when I first saw it, I thought this squad looked a bit bigger. And actually, as it turns out, there's one extra player. I think there's 28 named instead of 27. So it was a little bit, a little bit bigger. Um do you want to run through the players that are selected and then maybe I can talk about who's in and who's out from the last time? And we do it section by section, starting with the goalies. Uh, yeah, so in fact, the, the goalies are the only one that I haven't got. Oh, OK. Well, then I then basically... The, goal, the goalkeepers, I'll, I'll, yeah. I'll read the rest out. Yeah, so uh, it's Lukas Radetzky, as as usual. Um, Viliami Sinisalo, uh, who's been in, in quite a few of the recent squads. And... For this this time, Hugo, Hugo Keto is in, and Jesse Joronen is out. And I think we saw some kind of social media post that there was an injury. And when we saw that, it was kind of unspecified, but he's had an injury and he's being treated. So it was a bit of a surprise to see Keto in there, but not if Joronen is injured. That, that kind of ex- explains things. And I think there's not too many... Big surprises there for uh, for the goalkeepers. Yeah, and I, I think m- m- moving on to the defenders, I mean, there hasn't been 
too much change from the the last squad, which was expected. I don't think we were really thinking or even hoping that there would be too many changes. You don't want to upset, you know, what is becoming a settled squad. Um, so we've got Hoskinen, uh, Diego Thomas, uh, Leo Weissman, who's come back in. Um, did he, did he sc- score in in MLS the other day, or did I totally dream that? Maybe. I'm not. I think maybe that was something that Keke shared with yeah, us. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's right. I, 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 yeah. Um, but yeah, don't don't hold me to that list now. I just might have dreamt it because I'm very happy he's back in the squad. Let, let's put it that way. Um, there, uh, then Yera Urenen, uh, Mira Tenho, Alho, um, Palas, uh, Purusori, Richard Jensen, Robert Ivanov, and Thomas Olila um, finish the. Uh, the, the the defenders and from uh, the from the previous squad that means that Ilmarin Niskanen is out and Kevin Kosivi Benison is out as well. Yeah, so I mean one Hoyek or defender wing back, sort of inverted winger, whatever you want to call it for for another. Um, I have to say, Olila really does deserve this call up from what I've seen over the past couple of months. Mm. Um, so yeah, wh- whether he'll get any minutes or not, I'm I'm not sure. But certainly being away with the squad for for a couple of weeks will will, will only help him. Yeah, I, I I think I've certainly talked about this in a, one of the recent pods that when he played against Asiko, he was just just a real threat. Like we couldn't believe how this. Okay, you you can say he's a wing back, so that's that's quite an attacking position. But ostensibly he's a defender. And yet he scored twice. He had one disallowed, and he could have easily had another one or two during that game. He's, um, he's, he scored seven in the Bakehouse League of this season. Yeah. So I mean, that's yeah, yeah, two against us in one game. Yes. I mean, I didn't want to mention that, but <laughs> you you brought it up now, Mark. So yes, two, two against Ashley caught in one game. Uh, but yeah, it's 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 good, and then it gives you once you notice someone like that, then you really start to sort of keep an eye out for them wherever they're wherever they're playing. So it'd be interesting to see if he gets the nod down the down the left wing. If we're assuming that that we play with a that, that kind of familiar five, three, two, three, five, two, whatever, whatever it might be. I guess the the choice of the wide man depends on on how how you play against those against those opponents. And we'll come on to the opponents in a in a minute. Uh, what the midfield? Yeah, so um, Lucas Lindman ha- has come in again. I'm really happy that he's come in. He's been a you know consistent performer at least for the last two seasons for Hoyakor. Um, I mean, I don't imagine he's going to start at all because when when I watch him, he he feels like a um, it's an alternative option. But when you've got someone like Rasmus Schuler as well, I, I don't see him getting in the heads of him. I, I think they're quite similar players. Um, but again, it's going to be a good experience for him to be in the but squad. But when he came into the squad, was it late last, uh, during last year uh, or within the last 12 months or so, he looked quite good in there. Like he performed yeah. quite well and then and then sort of dropped out again. But I think I think I agree with you. You, you wouldn't expect him to be there above, certainly, you know, Schiller and Kamara at the moment. Yeah, and, 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 and Lingman, you know, he, he often saves his best performances for the European games. Um, which shows that you know he's you know can compete against teams from higher league. So I, I think you know his inclusion is you know certainly well deserved. Um, yeah, as you said, uh, Glenn Kamara is in there, uh, Radishula is in there, uh, Karinen is in there, Matty Peltola. Um, he's down as a midfielder, but I mean I can't remember where he was playing in Denmark. It just against Denmark, he sort of seemed to be everywhere <laughs> against Denmark. Um, but he's been rewarded from uh, his good performance against Denmark with uh, coming back into the squad. Uh, then Man Pa, and then finally Robert Taylor, who I, I I think he has to play more minutes. I would have thought so too. I like this. Really feels like these are the two games that are sort of crying out for Robert Taylor. I, I think also you know he's he's got nothing to play for in MLS anymore. Um, there's a few more days before the first game. And, you know, I'm just trying to think why he didn't play that much, you know, five five weeks ago, because that yeah. was when, you know, he was banging all the goals in, setting his best mate Messi up for, for all those goals for Inter Miami. And it just sort of felt that 
he wasn't then given the opportunity to carry on the momentum. I, I completely, completely agree. Yeah, I, I would have wanted to see him there as well. But imagine the confidence that must be just oozing out of him all over the dressing room floor. Yeah, totally. And so I, I'm, re- I'm really hoping he's now going to be given that opportunity. Um, as I said, he's got nothing to play for um, over in the States now. They, they can't make the playoffs. I think they still have a couple of games, but mathematically it's impossible. So... Yeah, if he gets on the pitch, I'm hoping he'll um, he'll carry on that good form from early on in the autumn. Um, yeah, and then mo- moving on to to the forwards, um, obviously we Antman has has dropped out. Um, he's been replaced by Marcus Force. Uh, Middlesbrough have started to pick up a few wings. They started the the season really poorly, um, but I, I think off the top of my head they've won the last four. Um, right, okay. so, so hopefully, you know, I mean, I don't, I don't watch Middlesbrough every week. Um, and by that, I just don't watch Middlesbrough. <laughs> <laughs> every week or any week. Or know. any week. Yeah. Um, but they, they did beat Sunderland 4-0 um, the other week. I did see that. Um, Tamo Puki, fresh from his 9.7 star yeah. rating after scoring four goals against LA Galaxy. I mean, I as I said, shockingly low. Yeah, I don't know what you ha- what do you have to do even to get a nine point eight. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> what, what's the what's the difference? Um, yeah, let alone a ten. But um, he, he's not only just from that match. He, he's really had a, a decent few weeks. Um, and I remember in the last podcast we were you know sort of putting a slight question mark against Pookie and whether he should be starting in in some of these. I mean, like pencil market sort of I think question. it was a very light a very, a very whatever's, light. whatever's lighter than an HB pencil that's what it, we were exactly and you know uh he he is certainly coming into this squad you know full of confidence um as is Poyon Palo who seems to be you know either scoring or having some kind of goal contribution um for Venezia then Daniel Hawkins and uh Benjamin Chalman as well finish off the strikers yeah and it seems to me like quite a quite a, a strong forward line as well you know Chalman played really well in the previous uh couple of games when he was on the pitch Hawkins had that amazing introduction to international football in in June and then he was in the squad last time and I think got injured for this you know during that during that period and wasn't able to play um Hockey and Palo seems to be scoring goals regularly for Venezia. And as you say, Puki scoring, Force scored at the weekend. So hopefully there's a confident forward line there. It's just finding the right the right combination. And uh, quite like the idea of uh, getting Taylor back into the team and maybe having Hawkins and, um, who do you say, Beltola as well. These, these players able to come on, Force, younger players able to come on and maybe effects and change later in the game as well. Where, where do you think Taylor would play? Let, let's say that he is going to start. Where, I mean, obviously, I know it depends on you know formation and who we play, mm. but where do you think his best position is? I, when, when he was playing regularly a couple of years ago, I think Finland were playing like a 4-3-3 and he was wide on the left. And that is, that is the challenge of where to fit him in from the start because is he wasted going up and down the left wing back role? Um, but then could he play one of those three midfield positions with someone overlapping and he can, he, he's got the ability to make those passes that he's been setting up on a plate for Messi to score and also to break forward and, and take chances himself. I don't, you know, he's listed as a midfielder. That makes, that makes sense, but he's an attacking midfielder. And I, I remember some games where there was some really skillful play down the left-hand side with Taylor and back then maybe with Birusoevi as well and Robin Ludd. Robin Ludd's not around still at the moment. So, I yeah, I, I think attacking down the left, possibly it could be from one of those three midfield places. But the teams we're coming up against are not to be not to be sniffed at, are they? Um, firstly is Slovenia away and then it's Kazakhstan at home and if we just if we just take a, a quick mention about the, the table 
Um, at the moment, it's Group H European uh, Euro 2024 qualifiers. First place, Slovenia, 13 points uh, plus seven goal difference. Denmark in second place, 13 points plus seven goal difference. And they've just scored one less. That's the that's the difference. Um, then third is Finland with 12 points plus seven goal difference. And we've scored again one less. Uh, but, but we have the tightest defence in the in the group. So we scored 11 and let in four. Um, and then in fourth place is Kazakhstan with 12 points and a plus four goal difference like this. There's a cigarette paper between each of these teams. So... Which one do you feel? <laughs> which one should we feel confident about? I'm not. I'm not sure. Um, but last week I caught up with Nick Yusht from the Slovenino One Twitter account, and I asked Nick to tell us about the recent form for the Slovenia team. Yeah, recently our team has been doing pretty well. Uh, we played a really good game against Northern Ireland. Uh, a very different game from our perspective since it was one of the first times that we played the more attacking football. We didn't focus as much on the defense, which was also seen in the result. More goals and we considered more as well, but it worked out in the end. Uh, and also, of course, against San Marino, which is just a team that you just have to beat. Uh, before that, the game against Denmark, we also played very well. Uh, and I think we can be really happy with the 1-0 draw that we got against them. Uh, but I think we can be happy about the previous game against you guys, against Finland, where it didn't really go our way. But I think we can do better at home. I think it's going to be a lot different than it was in Finland. What do you think will be different about the about the conditions and about the, the home um, home advantage? Well, the first thing is the the stadium will be sold out, so it's going to be a much better atmosphere for us. And also, we have All Black in goal, which we didn't in Finland, which it showed the first goal, of course. I think All Black saves it, and probably the second one as well. So it's a big difference, um, and I think that's like a really important part to the team having Oblak or not having him is like day and night. It's just completely different. So your squad has just been announced. Were there any, uh, looking at the Finland squad, there's a few a few changes by injury or, or selection. Um, what about for the Slovenia squad? Yeah, here it's pretty normal. There aren't many big, t big changes. Uh, we don't know about some of the injuries of uh, Brikalo, who got injured, who's our one of my, our main defenders, who got injured in his last game in uh, Norway. Uh, so we're hoping that he's okay because without him, our defense can be very shaky, especially since the other good defender, Derkusic, uh, also got injured. He plays in Russia, I believe. So without them, it could be a problem in defense, but we'll see. Uh, since Brickola Brick now, I think, should be fine to play. Derkusic probably not, but at least we have him. And the rest is just pretty normal, normal. not many big changes or injuries. So I think we're pretty looking pretty solid for this uh, game. So you've mentioned a few players' names already. Um, yeah. give give our listeners something, uh, maybe three players that they should keep an eye out for during this game. Ones that might stop Finland from scoring. You've already mentioned your goalkeeper, but uh, or the, or those that might cause problems and and create opportunities for Slovenia. Yeah, I think the really important players are definitely the centre back pairing of Brikalo and Viol. If they have a good day. They're very, very difficult to get past. Uh, so they're a really good pairing, especially lately. Even though we conceded against Northern Ireland, it wasn't that bad a game just because of the style we played in. It wasn't as focused on the defense. And uh, they're also quite good on the ball and going forward. Uh, for example, Brikalo has quite a few goals in uh, the Norwegian league as well. 
So they're very key to our team. And then, of course, in the attack, you've got the partnership of Shishka and Sparar. Uh, Shishka, I think almost everyone is hearing about him now. He plays for Leipzig and he's just the future, hopefully the future of our national team. Uh, he's on track to beat every record there is. Um, hopefully one day he becomes the national team's top scorer. He's like started out very well on that uh, topic. So uh, I think he's really important. And with Sporar, they're working together really nicely lately. So they're really important as well. And then, of course, in the midfield, right now we've got a pretty interesting pairing of a bit of youth with uh, Gneza Cirin and uh, Ilšnik. Interestingly, Ilšnik still plays in the Slovenian league, which is really rare for a, a, a player from the Slovenian league to even be in the national team. Uh, so he's right now, he's been constantly in the first 11. So him and Gneza Cirin have also been a regular pairing as well. Okay, interesting. And we'll we'll get those names from you and include them in the blog post to go with ours uh, because it will be interesting to watch the game and see the names that you mentioned and see if you know what you're talking about, Nick. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you, you have a, a quite interesting perspective on Slovenian football because often you're out in the middle of the pitch. Isn't that right? Uh, yeah, quite often. I'm out in the middle of the pitch during the national team games because I'm helping and then in the other games as well because I'm refereeing. So okay. quite a lot of that. In interesting. Well, well tell tell me about helping with the with the football association there. What do you do? Uh I'm a volunteer for our national team. So I basically just get to games early and then just help with preparing the stadium and everything around that. Uh we do like checks for the VAR, if it works properly, things like that. Uh, and then just uh, when the game starts, I just help with, you know, the fans so that everyone knows where to go and stuff like that. So quite a lot of work uh, and it's just really fun and you get to go to national team games for free. And that, yeah. That's a sweet, that's a pretty sweet, sweet gig, that's for sure. Yeah, it is. It is. It's really well, fun. Well, for the for this game um in in Slovenia, Keke from the Finnish football show is coming. And oh. so what I'll do, I'll send you his picture and you can keep an eye out for him because you know we, we want to make sure he behaves himself and uh, doesn't <laughs> doesn't let the team down. Yeah. <laughs> we'll be keeping an eye on him. <laughs> we'll glad we'll put a poster of him <laughs> somewhere. <laughs> exactly. Good. Glad glad to hear it. Um and and you said about preparing the VAR. I'm I Sure, maybe the news has travelled about the, the controversy in the Premier League last weekend. Um, it's a big deal in the UK and for, for you know, the team here, it's are all British making the Finnish football show. Yeah. So we, we're seeing this. Um, how has it been seen out, you know, outside of the UK? And, and what's your view on this as a, as a referee? Well, I think it's pretty horrible that a thing like that can happen in the Premier League, because sometimes, you know, you think, how can that happen? Uh, and even in Slovenia, we had a similar thing happen in the main match of the, like, Slovenian League between Maribor and Olympia. But it wasn't the mistake of a refer of the referee team. It was the mistake of, like, the provider of the lines for yeah. the offside. <laughs> But the, the 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 supplier of the lines that's a great that's a great way to look at it yeah yeah uh, so they basically just drew the lines completely wrong uh, and it was a big controversy as well uh, so a pretty similar case to that as well and it just can't happen nowadays with all the technology and everything that we have I think it's horrible that it happens but I guess VAR is still very early in the stages of development so you can expect that something like that will still happen just because the referees i don't think that everyone is used to it just yet because it's just so new and it changes all the time so yeah and you're you're a young guy and you're you're starting your kind of refereeing uh career um so 
what level are you are you refereeing at now and what's your what's your future plan so right now i'm refereeing at the level of under 19 under 19 uh, in the national league so first division under 19 um and now hopefully in the future i get to the referee the higher divisions in slovenia as well which if there's any luck uh this year or next year i'll referee the third division so that's the goal for now and then we'll see how it goes and maybe people can follow your progress on your slovenino one twitter <laughs> account and see if you yeah. see if you get out there on the pitch in those lower leagues next year or maybe in that VAR chair making sure that the uh, <laughs> that the quality from the video cameras is also just as good yeah hopefully it's <laughs> better hopefully I make it better than in the UK <laughs> perfect uh, thanks a lot for your time Nick the final thing I wanted to ask you is what's your prediction for the score well, I'm going to predict a 2-1 win for Slovenia and let's hope it happens as well. We really need this uh, result. We need to get to the Euros. So, yeah. <laughs> yeah, I don't think many people bet against their own team. Uh, so we will make our predictions for the Finnish football show by the uh, at the end of the uh, um, at the end of this show. Uh, Nick Yost, thank you very much for joining us. Right, so Nick is clearly feeling quite confident to predict a 2-1 win for Slovenia. Um, he's talking about the, the home advantage, the, the crowd being behind the team and, and feeling like Slovenia are, are playing some strong attacking football at the moment. Um, but we've got the tightest defence in the group. Um, so... What do you what do you think? I mean, it's, it's it's no point really trying to predict a, a starting a starting lineup necessarily. I think I think we don't know the Slovenia or the Kazakhstan teams well enough to be able to sort of say tactically we must do this. We we know we're probably going to play that three five two. But what what are your what are your thoughts about the the Slovenia game first of all? Yeah, I, I think. As Nick has said, he's sort of earmarked a few of their, their key players. Um, if Benjamin Sesko is fit, he's obviously a, a young up-and-coming striker who is is dangerous. But then I felt we coped really well against Denmark, against you know, Rasmus Hoyland, Jonas Vind, you know, two young players scoring goals in Bundesliga, Premier League, Champions League. So am I... Am I worried about him in particular? Not necessarily, but you're, this now could become a soundbite, couldn't it? Now I've said that out loud. <laughs> and, um, we'll be tweeting. We'll be tweeting it around um, on Sunday. Yeah, yeah. And that, now that I've said it, um, luckily I'm I'm doing this next to a wooden table, so I'm <laughs> now, now touching this wooden table. Um, I, I I I think looking at that squad, we also have enough to cause them problems as well. Um, I, I think we're coming into the game high on confidence. I also think, um, just looking at the fixtures, that a point could be a good one by the end of November. Mm -hmm. um, so, yeah, if 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 you're asking me to give you a a, a score prediction, I'm going to sit on the fence and say one one. Okay, I am asking you for a prediction and I've recorded your prediction. I'm going to be a little bit bolder and I'm going to say 2-1 to Finland. As I said to Nick, nobody really wants to bet against their own team, do they? So uh, he went 2-1, I'm going 2-1 in, in the other direction. So let's, uh, let's see how we get on there. Um, I was hoping that we might have someone on to talk to us about Kazakhstan. Um, we had someone reach out after the last podcast featuring Kazakhstan saying that we'd underestimated them. And I said, no, we definitely didn't underestimate them, but we don't know the squad very well. And I think we we commented last time that even the even the squad listings that's put on social media is in the Kazakhstan uh, alphabet, Kazakhstan language. And we can't even read the names of the players to know, even if we did recognise them, it's, it's difficult to, to know who they are. So... Unfortunately, he wasn't able to join us today. Um, so 
I think Ali, we can we can talk briefly about the remembering the last game against Kazakhstan and how that might be this time around. Uh, when we when we played over there, um, it was one nil to Finland. It was a really it was really hot. I think I remember and really um, just a really tough, real battle of a game, physical, um, not not dirty necessarily, but physical. But I think we didn't we didn't concede too many chances. We had chances and we didn't concede too many. And we were much more attacking in that game than we were against Denmark, where I think we sat back a bit more and were a bit, a bit underwhelming, really, in that, that Denmark game. But Yeah, yeah I, I think going back to the Kazakhstan game, but I think Finland coped with the conditions better than Kazakhstan. I, I also think Kazakhstan, they did have, um, you know, a... a a very enthusiastic crowd, but it mm. it almost felt like the expectation became too much for the players. They sort of they they would get to the final third, and then their end products, you know, wasn't the best. I felt Lucas Radetzky had a good game, but he always looked fairly comfortable. I, I thought um, Rob Ivanov in particular had another fantastic game. I thought generally the defense was was really solid in that game, and yeah, as you said, Mark, we we did create. A fair amount so because of that game it has given me a lot of confidence going into uh this game on ne next tuesday in a week's time um because you know i i felt you know if, if we can even put the same performance in just naturally i think it would be harder for kazakhstan because of you know having um the what them being away and, and us being at home mm. so um, I think whatever team we put out, I would imagine it would have a slightly more um, attacking look to it, or at least the tactics might be slightly more attacking because, you know, we're at home, we have to win. Of course, it depends on what happens in Slovenia as well. If we win in Slovenia, maybe there's less pressure to, to win this home game or then the mindset comes, well, we've won in Slovenia. Let's, you know, not wait until having to beat San Marino or, or Northern Ireland or whoever in November. Yeah. Let's yeah. try and get the job done as quickly as possible. So, um, also, it's at home. It's at home. It's um, I actually, I don't know if it's sold out, but certainly there's a big, a big number of tickets have sold, and maybe by the time the game comes around, it will be close to selling out. Um, so that that Olympia Stadium crowd, the Pocios Carre behind behind Finland, I, I I think will drive them on to win this game as well. Um, what's your what's your prediction? What are you going for? Uh, I'm going to go 3-1 to Finland. Yeah, that was going to be my suggestion as well, so I'll stick with that because I'm not I'm not sure why I'm quite so negative about how many goals we're going to let in. Bear in mind, we've only let in four so far, so all right, I tell you what, balls out three nil. He's gone for it. He's gone for it. Yeah, um, I do fancy that that home crowd to uh, to really get behind the team. And and also, it's worth worth mentioning that the the Finland away allocation sold out for the Slovenia game. So there will be a nice. I, I, I'm not sure if it was six or eight hundred tickets or whatever, but they went really quickly. Even Keke had a bit of a job to to get his ticket but he will be there representing the show and remember keke nick there is working in the stadium and he's going to be keeping an eye out for you uh he doesn't want you grabbing any of those uh slovenia players by the leg as you go running onto the pitch it's, that would be a bit premature i think i think um, nick's got his work cut out then doesn't yeah. he <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yes, that's right. Yeah, Keke be dropping the shoulder and and shimmy in the other way to get past him. That's right. Um, I think Ali, we we whipped through that in a in a pretty pretty good time. Um, anything else? Anything else that you want to add about the about the Finland's Euro qualifiers, or do we? say to sell for now and meet up in a week or so's time to to look back at the two games well i i think just the the one thing i, I would say is the, these two games are, are just absolutely crucial I, I think i think it's so important 
going into particularly the the home game with Kazakhstan that the confidence is still going from whatever has happened in in Slovenia. Um, I feel like the fixture list has, you know, it, in theory, we want to be going into the final two games in November with at, at least three or four more points going into those last two games. So feeling confident if anyone's going down to, uh, well, down to Slovenia, we know Keke's going, but if anyone else is going there and if anyone else is going to be in the Olympia Stadium next week, just uh, give the boys your support. Yeah, absolutely. And uh, also just noticing that Denmark played Kazakhstan when Finland are in Slovenia. So that's sort of a bit of a six-pointer for those two teams as well. And it would be quite nice if they could, you know, get a draw, take points off each other, and for us to beat Slovenia and just ease away a little bit at the top. Um, Ever the optimists, say. Ever the optimists. Um. Ali, thanks a thanks a lot for that. I think that was uh, that was a good good to look forward to. Um, the players that Nick, the Slovenia players that Nick recommended for us, I've listed them here in the in the blog post, and I'm going to be referring to that when we when we watch the game at the weekend um, because it's good to have a few people to just think, ah, that's the that's the guy, and just gives you a little bit of focus and and to listen out for those uh, for those names. So that's all in the all in the blog post and um, we'll come back after the um, Finland-Kazakhstan game, maybe on the Wednesday and uh, have a look back at the two games for a match report. Right, Ali, thanks for thanks for joining us. Kitos, kitos, kitos. And listener, thank you for joining us until the next episode of the Finnish Football Show. Goodbye. You've been listening to the Finnish Football Show. You can find us online at finishfootballshow.com. Remember to subscribe to the show wherever you're listening or watching. You can follow the Finnish Football Show page and group on Facebook and also on Instagram. See the links in the episode description. You can also connect with the five hosts on Twitter, at Explore Finland, at FC Sormi, at Escape to Sormi, at Kekimulari and at Mano99. Links to the Finnish Football Show merch stores are also in the episode description.